everybody. It is Thursday, 29th of October, and we have woken up to a bit of a bloodbath on Wall Street. Dow Jones down 943, but of more importance, the S&P 500 down 3.53%, NASDAQ down 3.73%. And if you look at a bit of the detail of the US, I've done my usual thing and pulled the big fangs, the six big tech stocks out of the S&P 500, and the fangs were down 4.73%, and the S&P 500X fangs still down 3%, down 3.13%. So a significant sell-off overnight led by big technology. So I predictably started the strategy piece today with the comment, Collins class rule, anyone? Now I know some of you will groan at that. The Collins class rule is a rather quaint story I wrote about some years ago, probably a decade ago now. One of our members used to work on a Collins class submarine and he was the weapons officer, which basically meant he was in charge of firing nuclear missiles, which of course didn't keep him very busy. (laughs) And what he would do was whenever they surfaced, he would download all his Metastock data and then spend hours underwater back-testing theories on the stock market to see what worked. And what he worked out was that there was an edge in the market in very short-term breakouts. When stocks break out of a trading range to the upside, you've got two or three days to take advantage of that breakout. Very short-term trading and you could make money reliably. But come the moments in the market where the market fell very sharply and very quickly, he always got caught out and he would find himself once every three years losing more money than he'd made in the previous three years. And he realized he needed a filter that guarded him against big market moves, sharp market moves, against precipitous moments, as we call them. And he came up with the rather blanket and unsophisticated filter that if the US market ever fell 3% in a night, he would sell half of everything. And if it fell 3% again, he would sell everything else. So he would basically cash out on a 6% drop in the US markets over a couple of days. And that protected him from the times which we all need to be aware of when the markets fall sharply and you need to look up from the trees, which is the stocks, to the wood, which is the market. And markets fell very sharply overnight, obviously. So we should probably look up from calculating the return on equity of BHP's Brazilian subsidiary and start to worry about whether the whole market is about to go in the bin. Now, the Collins class rule was developed by a very short-term trader. It's not an instruction to you from me. It just makes the very good point that sometimes you have to worry about the market rather than the stock. And this 3% thing is arbitrary, but it's as good an equation as any that gets you to focus during precipitous moments. And reacting to precipitous moments has served us very well in our funds. So we have to start thinking about whether we're at one of those moments now. The overnight sell-off does have all the hallmarks of the start of something more precipitous. So we should take notice. So let's have a look at that. First of all, let's look at why the markets fell so hard overnight. And the reason why is European economies reacting finally to the exponential case numbers in the Northern Hemisphere, particularly Europe. France is looking at a one-month lockdown. Australia 
Christian style, starting on Friday, only leaving your house for essential goods or medical reasons or one hour's exercise and working at home if you can. Germany is considering some half-half measures that will have absolutely no impact unless they go harder, but they're talking about closing bars and restaurants and other businesses. You might suggest it's too little, too late, but the problem is that a vaccine when it comes and Fauci was out overnight in the US saying there won't be a vaccine until January 2021, which is actually sounds really good, but there is a chance that's still two months away, and two months is a very, very long time in an exponential curve. And as far as a vaccine getting to Europe's concerned, it could well be two to six months before it's widely available, then it might not be effective, and significant economic damage could be done before then. It can't be res- reversed, even with a vaccine, or it'll take a lot longer. So European economies realizing they're going to have to do something about it. And the growing risk is that the Northern Hemisphere, vaccine or not, is going to now try and contain this exponential part of the curve with lockdowns, and that's going to further damage their economies and the global growth trend or global growth expectations. And even even this late, the realization is that a lockdown will make a difference to the economic damage suffered from this winter wave in the long term. So looks like Europe is going to start shutting down. No sign of that in the US, but I think France is also feeling a little bit guilty that maybe they were the epicenter of the whole outbreak in Europe and they have to pay a price. Other things upsetting the market, of course, we are in this week of election risk and uncertainty in the US. Biden's lead is narrowing, but Trump getting re-elected is not the worry. Might actually be a positive. The main concern is that we get a contested result that ends up in court, which extends the election uncertainty volatility for a long period of time. You can read some articles overnight about the stacking of the Supreme Court by Trump with his most recent appointee just days before an election. Seems at odds with good practice, but the suggestion is that they are preparing for a long drawn out court battle to decide who's in the White House. That wouldn't be good. So that's the other risk bubbling quietly away in the background. Of course, all this could disappear with a vaccine and the election risk could disappear in a week's time with a clear majority to, it doesn't really matter which party, one party or the other, presumably the Democrats who then put in place a stimulus bill. Things could look very different next week. So before you go and sell everything on the Collins class rule or sell half of everything, just back off a little bit. I'll come to what we're doing about it in a moment. And there are other things you can throw in that are a bit glass half empty if you want to today. And that is the S&P 500 isn't cheap, hasn't been for ages. We're trading at the top of the trading range, just coming off the top of the trading range. See the chart in the strategy piece today. And you've got $28 trillion worth of stocks in the S&P 500 trading at 26.78 times last year's earnings, which of course is just a ridiculous multiple. In the real world, as I've said many times, if you were to pay me 26.78 times last year's earnings for Marcus today, you wouldn't see me ever again. I'd be on my golf course permanently. It's just a silly multiple. But there you go. The market has got used to trading up at those PEs. But you can just throw that in as one of the extra negatives is that the value isn't there. And for the S&P 500 be trading at top of the trading range, as I say, go and have a look at that chart. Top of the trading range. Yes, it's a little bit off top, but top of the trading range in the middle of a pandemic and the most savage recession in 70 years. It's just, or is it more than that? No, 70 years. It's just not logical. And also you'll see the chart there of volatility rocketing 
inching up again. The VIX volatility has just taken off in the last three days. And now I've got a chart of the S&P 500 in there as well. And this is a weekly chart, which is more significant than the daily charts. And there are sell signals at the top there on RSI and MACD. You get the message. The market is coming off top. And these corrections always start fast. And they're starting fast overnight or the last three days in particular. So summary of concerns for you as an investor. Market trend. The market has clearly peaked and the downtrend's gaining momentum. Case numbers going exponential in the Northern Hemisphere, which risks economic damage and downgrades to global GDP. Vaccine doubts, although we could see some positive data this week, we're expected to. But any doubts on the vaccine or the efficacy of a vaccine would hurt the market. And the US election, the last thing we need to question. Okay, what to do about it? This potentially precipitous moment. Well, you should do what you think you should do. No good looking at my or our portfolios and seeing what stocks we've sold, which I'll come to in a moment. You need to think about what reaction you should have depending on who you are as an investor. Are you one of those people that turns your screens on once a month or are you watching it all day? There are different ends of the spectrum here as to what you do. I think the shorter term people, if you're not going short anything, yeah, sell everything. Why not? Sell half. It's the uh, classic broker's way to get people to give them a trade is to say, well, why don't you sell half, keep half? It's that middle ground, I don't know what to do, hedge, give me an order, please. Rather pathetic line, but it might serve you in this time to sell half or take profits on trades or sell something so you have some cash to buy lower down or sell specific stocks exposed to specific or the current specific market risks or do nothing and hope that this is nothing more than the market moving from the top to bottom of the trading range and is nothing to worry about long term a vaccine will come along the election will be sorted out and everything's hunky dory so you've got to make your own decision about what sort of investor you are the shorter term you are the more likely you are to be taking profits selling and possibly even cashing up completely and you'll see the chart of the ASX 200 in the strategy piece today we're still in this sideways trading band we're not breaking down we're just coming off top so investors can probably relax a little so what are we doing well we've decided not to have a big cash out moment we thought that we would when we opened our discussions this morning but as we went through every stock and every holding the most vulnerable Australian stocks we don't really hold the most vulnerable ones are those trading on sentiment which includes a lot of the technology stocks which are now mostly topping out in sympathy after the US technology stock did the same and after the recent bounce they've had. So profit taking technology stocks, we we hardly hold any. Or you could sell financials. We don't hold the banks. As you know, happy to see them coming off for our relative performance. But I think if you were hugely exposed to financials, you'd be worrying about it today. And the other sectors are the sectors exposed to the Northern Hemisphere economy. So international stocks, cyclical international stocks were probably at the front line of stocks that are risking damage. And the most obvious ones that come to mind are things like BHP, Rio. But we're fairly relaxed about them. We have an overweight 
holding in Rio, so we're just halving that today. Otherwise, we're not too stressed because they're exposed to the Chinese economy, which is not the, well, it might be the Northern Hemisphere, but it's not the UK or Europe or the US. I think the iron ore price was actually up overnight. So holding our BHP, holding our Fortescue. And as we went through all our stocks, we're happy to be exposed to domestic Australian stocks, but we are selling stocks exposed to international shares, which is MFG. We're also selling Ramsey Healthcare, which is exposed to European elective surgeries, which are likely to stop. And sentiment-wise, it could just come off. Otherwise, a lot of those other healthcare stocks have always outperformed when the market fell over. And we are selling half of our Sydney airports and Qantas holdings. The travel sector is taking a bit of a belting today. But if you look at the charts of those and Flight Centre and Webjet and corporate travel, these are long-term recovery plays still very much at their lows. So we're not panicking too much about them. And we're only going to be selling Sydney airports and Qantas to buy them back later on. Just think they could take a bit of a sentiment hit. They are most exposed to international travel and that's clearly not coming back anytime soon. So we're doing a bit of trimming and that's all today. We're no big cash out moment. But I think if our portfolios look very different, we might well be cashing up. When we've hit these precipitous moments in the past, we've usually said, right, we need to get to 50% cash. We haven't done that today and don't see the need to do that today as Australian investors. We're not heavily exposed to the banks or overpriced technology. Otherwise, we would be cashing up more. A lot of our stocks are quite defensive, healthcare or domestic exposed. So there's not as much risk as if we were US or European investors. And actually, Australia might even see increased interest from international investors who are the swing investors in our market. Domestic institutions tend to stay heavily invested no matter what happens, worrying about relative performance, not the market. But the international investors are the ones that move prices. They can up stumps or dump money. And I can imagine in some of the skyscrapers and skyscrapers in New York, the little guy down the end of the table who runs Australia might just get the nod from the head honchos to stick more money in Australia because we have become the model of pandemic handling or panhandling as we've started to call it. And I can't even believe I'm saying it, but the Dan handling of the pandemic is potentially the international model of the future. If we don't get a vaccine, France notably is mimicking the measures in Victoria. So bottom line, no Collins class rule for us, just a bit of exposure trimming. Of course, what you do is your decision. I would suggest for some of you, as we wrote yesterday, it's time to sell out, close the screens and go and play golf until the election is out of the way or a vaccine arrives. And it looks like you've probably got a few weeks to get your handicap down. Unfortunately, I will not be off playing golf. I'll be sitting here looking after our portfolios and watching the market for you. And the last bit of the strategy piece today, well, not quite the last bit, but the last chart is a close-up of our recent sideways trading range. And I would suggest if you are going to go and play golf, you set an alert on the ASX 200. We've just come off 6,200. The bottom of the trading range is 5,773. 
I suggest you set an alert at 5750 and if we get down there you turn your screen back on and see whether we're going to break down or bounce. For the moment the bottom of the trading range is in focus. Technical observations today I really haven't bothered with. There are no buy signals and there will be a lot of sell signals tomorrow. There are 45 RSI daily sell signals today following 30 the day before, 27 the day before and there will be more tomorrow. Watching those or doing those daily scans as we do, you get far too many signals to be really useful but you put them all together and as I wrote in the last couple of days it was quite clear the market was beginning to peak and traders should be selling and taking profits and that has proved to be right and I think those daily technical scans have tremendous value in showing you when the trees are on the move but particularly when a lot of them are on the move when the market's on the move as well it certainly told us that in the last few days right that's about that as I leave you our market opened down 110 down 93 at the moment gold getting an absolute belting which is a bit odd having fallen $32 overnight energy getting smacked after a 5% fall in the oil price overnight resources sort of holding up okay banks on the nose with ANZ down 2.9% most of the banks are actually only down in line market travel getting belted Qantas flight center webjet corporate travel all down 4%ish hello world 4.7% some of the retailers coming off the top after their good rallies Domino's and JB Hi-Fi off 3 and 4% profit taking and as usual when the market falls some of the outperformers today CSL Woolworths Coles Coles is actually up usual collection of defensive stocks when the market falling over we hold a few of those Dow futures up 218 as I leave you you have a good day interesting week ahead let's see if this turns into a precipitous fall or whether we're just having a wobbly moment I will speak to you tomorrow Thank you.